How we doing, folks? Welcome back to yet another episode of In Defense of Liberation, the show that is working towards and educating about a true people's liberation movement and one day soon a true proletarian revolution. But until that lovely day comes, I am your host, Josh, and I'd like to say thanks for stopping by. This is going to be a little short bonus episode because I am so thankful to announce that I will be releasing an episode with Bands of Turtle Island later in this upcoming week. I was so, so happy and thankful to be able to get an episode set up with them over at Bands of Turtle Island. They do incredible work. <clears throat> if you don't know, please go subscribe to them on Apple Podcasts um, and check out their content. Um, I was very thankful for this episode for a lot of reasons, um, but especially because one thing that is clearly missing within the left uh, here in the West, but especially in the United States, is a few things. First and foremost, as we discussed in this episode, two things. One, uh, black, brown, indigenous, immigrant uh, female and transgender voices, um, as well as experiences, right? Because I think that, uh, folks such as myself, we, we oftentimes teeter on, uh, playing a little white saviorism. We like to take the ideas, the histories, the experiences of black and indigenous people of color, as well as those who just simply aren't us, right? And <clears throat> whether it's intentional or not doesn't really uh, matter because we go ahead and we um, uh, we take advantage of those experiences and we use them to try to convey uh, our own message, right? Which I think you can't not include those experiences and those voices, but I think folks such as myself need to do a better job at just simply platforming those voices, you know? It doesn't always need to be my voice or my mouth that's talking about all these incredibly important ideas, you know? And that's why one thing that I love to do is try to get guests on here to give them an opportunity to, you know, discuss the things that they are discussing on their content, uh, the ideas that they find incredibly important, and it gives us an opportunity to learn because otherwise, oftentimes, we are not privy to those experiences. And if we don't seek out the opportunities, we oftentimes don't even hear about them. Um, so uh, this is a, you know, a <clears throat> self-critique where I need to do a better job of getting folks on here to speak themselves. I don't always need to be the one talking, you know. But very thankful for that. That's going to be coming out soon. The second thing that we talked about was action action is missing from the left in the West. Now, I think that we don't need to dive too deep into this discussion, mostly because it's going to be coming out on my episode, but also because most of us aren't stupid, you know? Um, I think a lot of us know that just simply posting podcasts, listening to podcasts, uh, reading books, um, posting on social media, none of that shit uh, necessarily is going to lead towards revolutionary uh, action or achievement. So we have to do a better job here in the United States taking action, taking the ideas which we purport to believe in and support 
uh, and acting upon them, right? Um, and also, uh, not always feeling that we need to lead actions, that we need to be, you know, the vanguard. Um, we oftentimes can plug in and be, uh, you know, a rank and file militant and just be play a support role and uh, be a comrade and actually go out and do the things that uh, folks need. Be accountable to our principles and to the things that those who we are trying to organize with and, you know, ultimately uh, build with, making sure that they understand that we're not just here in word, but we're, we're here in action as well and we're not going anywhere, right? Uh, one of the final things that we discussed on there was indigenous sovereignty, uh, decolonization, land back, and the ways in which these uh, uh, processes connect to socialism. Uh, incredible uh, to be able to have Bands of Turtle Island on. I was, you know, very happy to speak with them. Um, that will be coming out soon. I am just waiting on uh, it to be completely edited and the uh, info, the bio to be typed up and sent out. Um, <clears throat> confirm everything across the way with them and uh, post that. Um, so be on the lookout for that. But I say this is going to be a short one because I really only want to get on here to discuss something that's been on my mind really quick. And I do a great job of rambling. So I'm going to try to cut it short and make it as concise as I can. Um, I'm not as stoned as I normally am, so that might help. Um, So one thing that is incredibly abhorrent and uh, problematic and dangerous within the left but especially across the board in the West, is this anti-academic mindset, this anti-intellectual kind of belief that uh, is leading towards a lot of different problems, especially surrounding the pandemic with the incredible amounts of misinformation and uh, false evidence and, um, you know, basically just bullshit that's being passed along on social media that your grandma and your weird aunt and your cousin who doesn't talk to anybody are posting and screaming about in your family group chats um stay safe out there folks um i know all about that but anyways um it's a problem for a lot of reasons right and it it stems from a decently logical standpoint because for a majority of history, it has only been the elite ruling class and the nobility and, you know, select few among the masses who have been able to be a part of that field of life, to be able to advance their education and go to schooling and, you know, participate in all these ridiculous ceremonial-like Uh, processes that academia forces a lot of people into. But, you know, for as ridiculous as academia might be for those who get to participate in it, there is still a a, a sizable uh, percentage of the world which goes without uh, not only, you know, just higher education, but practical education. Because not only do a lot of folks just simply not have schooling, But a lot of folks don't have practical schooling. 
Meaning what they're taught and what they're learning in school has no practical connection to their environment and especially not to their cultures. Um, This is true, of course, uh, speaking of the oppression that black, brown, and indigenous people suffer, this is especially true here in the United States where white supremacy and uh, American exceptionalism as well as colonialism and imperialist ideals are pushed over everything else. Um, There's still, I know a lot of folks uh, are forgetting about it, trigger warning here coming up. Um, They're still finding mass graves from these residential schools and the United States hasn't really even barely started looking. Um, In Canada, they have something over like 9,000 in the last eight months. So, you know, my apologies to any uh, indigenous friends and comrades who are listening to this. Um, uh, for having to constantly hear about this and constantly have to, you know, face that very traumatic, you know, reality. Um, we will move on quickly, but I just want to say that this is still a reality that we cannot ignore and that, uh, shows quite clearly that the United States of America spelt with three Ks as well as, you know, Western capitalist bourgeois society in general is uh, uh, operating on a framework that is meant to erase everything except for capitalism, whiteness, um, oppression, and, uh, you know, suffering. But, yeah, this is, this is really what I want to start with because the anti-academic mindset that is prevalent across the board... Um, is dangerous for a lot of different ways, or for a lot of different reasons, I should say. But I must specify here that when we are speaking of anti-academia, that doesn't mean that by saying that the academia that exists and the way in which uh, academics and, you know, university and all those things exist today are the way they should be, because that's reactionary as hell. The disclusionary and the incredibly unequal, or uh, I should say unequal, situation that many people find themselves in when trying to uh, seek out higher education, that, that all of this shit should be public information, and it should be public knowledge, something that we all learn uh, of our own necessity, you know, this should be what fills our public schools, we shouldn't have to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars in tuition fees to be able to say, okay, I have a degree, now you have to listen to what I say, right? When we're talking about academia and anti-intellectual, you know, mindsets, uh, the thing that we stress the most or should be stressing the most is the fact that the practice of scientific study and the deep analysis that is necessary to actually understand a lot of these difficult ideas, a lot of these uh, complex events, uh, they, it, it can't be discluded. You can't just simply look at it and, and think that you can understand it. You can't just simply listen to a podcast or you know, have a friend who is this or that uh, identity, whether it be black, indigenous, you know, a woman, transgender, it doesn't matter. You can't just simply listen uh, to an individual experience and base your entire worldview on a given subject on that one experience, especially if that one experience is your own. Um, 
you have to dig a little deeper you have to learn from others you got to open a book or two you got to watch a youtube video listen to a podcast do a little bit of research um study you know test your theories against the reality that we exist in don't just claim something's correct because you've you know read enough books that makes you feel like it's so but actually go about trying to test those theories in the reality that you live in and see how true they remain still um, at that point because that that's really the the, the the testament to whether or not uh, your you know theories are correct is do they work out practically in reality and if not I mean we all took science and most of us took science in public school you know uh, I, I would assume some of us listening to this have an understanding of the uh, um, scientific method you go hypothesis you test that hypothesis you do a little experimentation you got yourself a control group right if your theory fails or even if it succeeds test test again that's what my uh my science teacher used to say all the time uh i didn't really pay attention but it was annoying that she used to say that all the time um (laughs) but yeah so really that's like what we got to try to do um and so when i'm talking about the anti-intellectual nature uh the broad masses but especially in this context the left I'm not saying that because, you know, I'm a Marxist or because I've I've read Engels or Lenin and I think their ideas are cool, that this is academia, this is the peak of intellectual understanding and therefore if you, you know, don't sit and bury your nose in everything that uh, Stalin or Mao has ever read, that you're, you know, not a true, you don't have a full understanding, you don't have a true conception. Um, I would argue that these people are uh, fundamental to f- uh, really framing and understanding, uh, you know, things like Marxism. But at the end of the day, they are not the only ones. I mean, all throughout the continents of Africa, South America, Asia, um, there are uh, all kinds of individuals in Australia, in uh, the Pacific Islands, there's all kinds of folks in, uh, all throughout Central, South, and all of Latin America, uh, in the Eastern European countries, there are people of, um, all descents from all places around the world who have taken these ideas, um, and tested them against their own reality. Um, Kwame Ture speaks highly about, the theories of dialectical and historical materialism which Marx and Engels uh, put forward and uh, experimented with and and advanced and developed but he said uh, we must understand that just like Isaac Newton um, had the theories of Marx or Engels been tested and developed in a different region of the world using the same data, using the same experimentation uh, and and processes, they would have came to the same conclusions. Marxism is not Marx and Engels. Marxism is scientific socialism for the proletariat. So we must understand then that we have to really grasp 
the concrete analysis of concrete conditions. No matter where those con- conditions are, no matter who the analysis is coming from, we should not be dogmatic in our thinking and say you are anti-intellectual if you know you have a bad thing to say about Marx or if you speak poorly of the USSR or if you think that you know Stalin had a few things to to correct about himself, right? This doesn't make you uh, an anti-communist. This makes you more than anything a Marxist because the goal of Marxism is to come to, again, concrete analyses of concrete conditions. So, you know, just as an example, um, we must understand that Marx and Engels felt that socialism would develop at the most uh, industrialized, most developed points within capitalism. Whereas Lenin showed and even acted upon in his October Revolution um, that in fact it is at the weakest links, the weakest points in the capitalist chain where uh, socialist revolutions are capable of taking hold of state power and being able to build societies based on egalitarian principles. Um, This is not a perfect thing. Uh, There is much to be learned from the projects that have existed and continue to exist to this day. But at the end of the day, our goal must not to be ignore studies of them or to, you know, look uh, poorly upon them because, you know, we've had to deal with some annoying Marxist Leninists or we've had to deal with some Maoists online that we don't want to, you know, listen to. Or we've had some poor experience organizing with communists um, for whatever reasons. This cannot be the simplistic basis that we, you know, really form our understanding of uh, kind of what is correct and what isn't. We need to test it against reality time and time again. Look at what leads to certain uh, inefficiencies and incorrectness and try to adjust and fix that. Because among the left, there is so much anti-communism. There is so much CIA propaganda that is like the basis to a majority of quote-unquote leftists' ideology. Um, My favorite thing is how much, you know, oftentimes uh, leftists... Uh, tend to stoke the flames of the uh, communist versus anarchist battles or just communist versus non-communist battles online and then, uh, you know, fawn and and get all upset uh, and, and, you know, just use it as fuel to... Uh, not pursue uh, study of theory, not uh, learning the history of this or that country, not understanding the context in which things were said, or not understanding that, uh, for example, like, you know, one thing that you commonly hear waged against folks like Che is, oh, he was a racist homophobe. Um, I think Che's experience throughout his whole life, his dedication to the struggle, his commitment to the liberation of both Afro and indigenous uh, Cubans, as well as 
uh, black, brown, and indigenous peoples across South America, his commitment to actually building the socialist state in Cuba, I think all of that shows quite clearly that uh, uh, many mistakes were made in his younger days, but he grew, he learned, he developed, and he put aside the reactionary and backwards mentality that he once carried. Um, but the anti-communism that is prevalent among the left is dangerous because it doesn't give us the opportunity to actually build and organize ourselves into something which can oppose the powers that be. Not because, you know, we're not building it the way I think we need to, and not because we're not waving a nice little, you know, red star or red flag or hammer or sickle above the, you know, the organizations that are uh, primary and, and in, uh, you know, a lot of the actions across the West, but because communists across the country, or excuse me, com communists across the world have shown us that there is a uh, correct way to organize and form ourselves into a body which can actually, A, continue to grow and make connection with the masses, and B, uh, also develop itself and actually be able to uh, eradicate the issues which capitalism, imperialism, and colonialism have created, but also develop the socialist society uh, from those uh, realities. Um, this cannot be ignored. Plain and simple, it just cannot. Um, but the the issue uh, that connects anti-communism and the uh, anti-academic uh, mindset is uh, propaganda. It, it is misinformation. It is uh, an incredible amount of disorganization among the uh, supposed left of the West. Um, and it's a lack of study. It's a lack of concrete analysis. And you don't need to take my word for it. I mean, I came... Uh, personally, from an incredibly evangelical, reactionary, and conservative background. And now I am a hardline Marxist. I'm a revolutionary communist that believes in the ideas of Lenin, Stalin, Mao, Thomas Sankara, uh, Che Guevara, Fidel Castro. Um, I am a supporter of the uh, socialist projects in China, in Nicaragua, in Bolivia, in Venezuela, and all the other really existing socialist countries across the world. And I have an understanding of the dialectical and historical processes that take place in order to develop socialism. This did not just come because I decided I wanted to be a communist one day, but because I continuously tried to push my own ideas and test them against reality and constantly came up incorrect. That eventually led me to studying and it eventually led me to understandings which I wouldn't have been able to come to had I not studied. This is one of the most important points that I wanna make. So let me go ahead and try to round out this argument and, and really express why I feel it's important. Um, so ultimately, what I and plenty of others should be saying when we are talking about anti-academia and uh, the anti-intellectual, anti-communist nature of the vast majority of people's thinking and organizing here in the West um, it's dangerous because ultimately at the end of the day, it leads us away from correct understanding. 
it leads us away from developing uh, a proper structure and organ which can connect to the masses, which can see the needs and meet the needs of the masses, which can cultivate a force or a organized power which is capable of actually attaining the goals of the masses. And ultimately, it leads us away from the theories of organizing. Now, there are plenty, plenty of different ideological tendencies and frameworks which support the idea that spontaneity and the, quote, natural developments of the working class movements are far more virtuous and important than the ideas of scientific socialism and especially the ideas of an organized Marxist party. However, history says otherwise. Um, It is Marxism-Leninism which has brought uh, millions of people, education, housing, right? These are things which we take for granted here in the West. You have to understand that a majority of the world still suffers illiteracy, suffers a lack of proper resources for learning, suffers a uh, lack of connection to the internet, uh, suffers uh, then, of course, a huge uh, deficiency of information uh, about the happenings of the world, but of course also about uh, uh, philosophy, political economy, sociology, history. These are all important things which so many people are not able to learn about for plenty of other reasons. Um, you have these draconian, almost, uh, you know, the class-based system, which still only allows small amounts of black, brown, and indigenous or otherwise poor and oppressed and discriminated against peoples uh, into the realm of higher education, only through scholarships and merits that are achieved through grades and uh, even athletics oftentimes are the only ways in which uh, millions of people even get any higher education. Um, And all of that education, of course, is set in stone and based in a foundation of uh, bourgeois philosophy. It's all set to support the status quo and to perpetuate society as it exists today. That's why what I really think is important and what I am talking about this for is the fact that we need to start building avenues of popular education. So how do I mean? What, what exactly does this look like? Well, podcasts and other forms of content creation are, you know, one way of trying to present popular education. A more uh, disorganized and uh, non-structured way, but even still, not, that's not always the case. You have groups like the Little Red Schoolhouse, which puts out incredibly important work. And you have other groups like, for example, the Bands of Turtle Island, which present you histories on uh, the American Indian movement. You have groups like Red Media, who are putting together works like the Red Deal to educate folks on true revolutionary climate justice. You have groups like Red Menace, 
right, who are taking works of theory and presenting them threefold uh, in a summarization of the, the text itself, in uh, questions regarding the book, and then in direct application. These are all ways in which popular education can be presented to the proletariat. And these are all things that we need to be doing. But ultimately, and this is what I will end on, Ultimately, all of this is only so good as the strength of the organization which it is developing. Because ultimately, what we need is mass organization. We need the majority, the working class people of this country and of the world, all organized on a foundation of wanting to bring popular power, state power, into the hands of the proletariat. They want to build socialism and they want to enact an egalitarian and equal society which eradicates and works towards ending the class antagonisms between the different groups within society and ultimately building towards a classless, stateless society. But this cannot be done in one full swoop. This has to be done in steps. It has to be done as a process and it has to be built brick by brick, layer by layer. We are at one point in our process and we will soon be at another. But for now, folks, one of the most important things that we need to be doing is learning. Now, I know a lot of us don't like that, but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, Fred Hampton and the rest of the Black Panthers, uh, as one example, understood that the uh, importance of education cannot be overlooked. Um, There's an interview with Fred Hampton where he shows uh, quite clearly to a group of uh, comrades who are trying to set up a uh, uh, black-owned credit union. He says, you know, where's the education part? Um, And they say, well, we don't need no education. We don't need um, any, uh, you know, anything like that. We just, we're trying to help people. We're trying to directly help people which is an argument that we still hear today. But Fred Hampton, he lays out clearly, he says, I get where you're coming from, right? But if the people don't know why you're helping them, it's not going to stick, right? Once the people get what they want, what happens? They want something else. They need something else because the people are constantly under oppression. They're constantly discriminated against. They're constantly facing all kinds of contradictions and inequalities within the society that we live in today. So if you give them food, they're going to need health care. If you give them health care, they're going to need education. If you give them education, they're going to need, you know, control of that education. You can't just have education because look what it's gotten us to today. This is the place that we find ourselves in the West and we need to do something about it. The anti-academic and anti-communist nature among the left and the general masses of the world needs to be combated. And to do so, we must first educate ourselves. Please continue learning. Never stop learning. You can never know enough. You can never fully and truly understand anything. There is always something new to learn about in every field, in every subject, at every level. If you are interested in doing so, I am trying to structure and organize a study group with some of my comrades that I've made uh, through podcasting and through organizing. So if you'd be interested in that, um, please let me know. Uh, The first round or so, I will probably do it more of a uh, friends-based group to try to figure out some of the kinks. But once we kind of get it, you know, flowing, maybe in a few months or so, we'll get a Discord set up and we'll 
uh, you know, be able to connect some more folks to that because this is really the way in which I want to be taking the show. It is, you know, the show that is educating towards, educating and working towards building a true people's liberation movement and a true proletarian revolution. But if the people don't know what that proletarian revolution looks like, if they don't know what the failures of past attempts at people's liberation have brought us to, if they don't know why they are so incredibly anti-communism and so incredibly hateful of the academic uh, uh, intellectual uh, field of society, then they do not understand the ways in which they can uh, take advantage of these things, like the theories and like the intellectual uh, ideas and wield them for their own because ultimately that's what Marxism is because uh, Marxism came from two, you know, ultimately in, a, in its true formation as scientific socialism was developed by uh, petty bourgeois philosophers, Marx and Engels. And although this is true, this does not discount the things that they brought forward. Kwame Ture and plenty of others have spoken to this, but it is important to understand that they themselves are not what makes the theory. Marx and Engels are conduits, just as myself and plenty of others need to be part uh, playing a role as. It is not about us, it is not about me, it is not about I, and it is not about my ideas. It is about ideology. It is about scientific and conclusive study. It is about concrete analysis of concrete conditions. It is about building a successful mass-built organization which can lead us towards a revolution to put the power of society into the hands of the working and oppressed people. But we cannot do this of the merit of our will or the historical necessity. It comes with practical and actionable steps, comes with seeking knowledge, it comes with getting organized, it comes with learning, it comes with failing, it comes with uh, trying and trying again, and it comes with also um, really building something which is meant to do more than anything else before it. Just like the revolution in the USSR, just like the revolution in China, just like the revolution in Nicaragua and in uh, Burkina Faso and in Nepal and in all these different countries where something new was meant to build a different future. We too need to be studying and trying to organize ourselves into something which can build a better and brighter tomorrow for the masses which says no more to the rule of the few over the many and instead gives the power to the masses, to the majority and builds a society based on egalitarian and equal principles, as equal as they can get. Because under socialism, that equality still doesn't exist because you have to understand there still are contradictions aplenty within society as socialism is being built. But it is a process which is working towards ultimately eradicating those problems, which you cannot say the same for, for capitalism. If you're still listening to this, I'd like to say thank you very much. Please go ahead and check out the rest of my content, uh, but especially go check out others like me. Um, If you need a list, I got one. So hit me up and I will send you all the different content creators, all the uh, authors, all the 
podcasters and popular educators that we need to be trying to connect with, learn from, and ultimately build with. Because, you know, what I want to do in recording this podcast is grow. I want to connect with more people. I want to do more than just talk into my phone, right? I want to be able to get connected with folks. I want to be able to get organized. And like I was saying, I want to get studying together and learning together and building together. That's the only way we can do this, folks. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, Until next time, we will see you later. Stay safe. Stay revolutionary. Uh, Rock and roll, folks. (laughs) Peace out. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, by the way, if you celebrate Halloween. Um, Yeah, enjoy your night. Bye. Ah.